Hello, ladies. It is so good to be with you today. And what an exciting book that we get to study together, the book of Acts. And these first four chapters, wow, there is so much happening here. And we are going to see some themes and consistencies in these first four chapters. We are going to see the spirit magnifying in and through the believers, the spirit magnifying the name of Jesus, magnifying the greatness of God. And we shall see how the spirit is manifested in the lives of the believers. And in all this, we're going to be learning about the spirit, who he is and how he moves. We are gonna see this throughout in the giving of the spirit, the power of the gospel, and the birth of the church. There is so much to learn. So we're gonna jump right in. And I wanna start with Luke, our author. And he begins his two volume writing to his reader, Theopolis, and then for all of us. And he wants to know, he wants him to know why he wrote it. And so he tells him in Luke 1, 4, so that you may know the exact truth of about the things that you have been taught, the exact truth. Some of the versions also say having a certainty, having a certainty about the things that you have been taught, about Jesus having fulfilled God's plan. Um, one of the books that I used in my study to prepare put it this way about the truths that we have been taught. Jesus having fulfilled God's plan as announced in the scriptures for the Messiah to suffer and enter his glory. There's the gospels kind of in a nutshell. And then on into Acts, it says what Jesus continued to do and teach through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit operating in the apostles and in the church. Friends, for us to know what we have been taught in this book, in God's word, and to have certainty about it is key in living a spirit-filled life for Christ, in and for Christ. So we're gonna look at that right now. We're gonna start in Acts with the spirit is given. That's what we see right at the beginning, right? So exciting. And I'm gonna read this part from for you. It's not gonna be on the screen, but this is in Acts 2. And what I'd like you to do here is I would just love it if you would just either read in your Bible with me or just sit and listen and just imagine the spirit being given. Acts 2, 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Ladies, 
This is, the, this is the spirit being given, the rushing wind, tongues of fire settling on each one. And then they're able to speak in languages that they don't even know. The power of God, the giving of the spirit. And isn't this what Jesus told us about um, in Acts, in the beginning of Acts, Acts 1, two, um, 4 to 5, and then Acts 1, 8. So here, the scripture is telling us, gathering them together, he commanded them, this is Jesus, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And that, in, in chapter 2, that's what happened. And verse 1, 1-8 uh, in Acts, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. A promise fulfilled was given. The Holy Spirit was given. And one of the things we learn about the Spirit was when Jesus, do you remember in John 14, Jesus was telling his disciples about when he was going to go away and how it would be better for him to go because he would be sending the Spirit and he called him the Helper. And this is what he said, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Ladies, this is evident throughout these four, first four chapters. And we see that in Peter speaking to the people who were confused as to why these Galileans could speak in so many different languages, right? And then in, in chapter 2, verses 14, what does Peter do? He witnesses, he witnesses being full of the Spirit, and he communicates and exhorts the people in languages that they can understand. They're being taught in languages. And what are the people speaking of? The mighty deeds of God. The Holy Spirit has given them utterance to speak of the mighty deeds of God, to magnify the Lord, right? And then he gives Peter, the Spirit gives Peter the words so that he is magnifying the name of Jesus. Ladies, the Spirit reminded Peter of the exact truths, of the certainties he knew about everything that he had been taught. And the Spirit brings that back, the words of Christ, just as he said the Spirit would. I remember there was a time in my life when I had met um, two young men and they wanted to talk about spiritual things. And so we met at a coffee shop and they were asking so many questions. They they didn't understand the Lord's wrath and, and how, he, how was he good. And one of them said, well, why doesn't he just call? And you're talking about his wrath. Why doesn't he just come and, and destroy everybody right now? And I just remembered the spirit 
reminded me of a verse in 2 Peter where the Lord explains that it is his mercy that he is holding back his wrath because his heart is that no one should perish. And so I told them, he holds back his wrath because he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to come to Jesus. That was not me, friends. That was the Spirit. And we can trust and be sure that the Spirit is with, with us as we are so joyously able to witness to those. We're witnessing, we're just telling of what we know. We're telling of what we experienced. We're telling of what we know. That's witnessing. And we get to do that work for Jesus. Let us do that, ladies. Let us ask the Spirit to bring people across our path that we may tell about the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Because, ladies, there is power in the gospel. There is power in the gospel. So we wanted to read, I just want to read about in chapter two again, we're still there in verses 37 and 38. And this is what is said there. So here Peter is witnessing to the people about how um, the Galileans here are not drunk, that they are filled with the spirit. And so he recounts their history. And then he tells them all about Jesus and how he's the fulfillment of the promise of God. And then in verse 37, it tells us now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? They were pierced to the heart. What pierced their hearts? What pierced their hearts? The spirit magnifying God and lifting up high the name of Jesus in Peter's words. He tells them of God's sovereignty and plan already from the book of Joel, what they had been taught. And then he tells them of Jesus's life and resurrection, the gospel, the spirit reminding Peter of Jesus's words and life. And then they say, what shall we do? And so Peter answers them. Peter answers them and he says, repent, repent. Each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off as many as the Lord our God can call to himself. And the same theme is carried out in Acts 3 because in Acts 3 in a, in a different time when Peter is witnessing, he tells them, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. A couple of things here, ladies. The message is the same. The gospel remains the same. 
whether Peter is talking to a crowd, whether then he is talking to those who, um, who are asking him more questions or are wanting an answer after a miracle, it remains the same. Repent, return, refresh, repent, turn from the, ask Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. Ladies, it's a huge part of the gospel. We don't want to forget that part because without the bad news, there's no good news. for the forgiveness of our sins. And I loved this part in Acts 3.19 where it talks about repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. In order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Ladies, Without Jesus, we cannot come into the presence of the Lord. We cannot be refreshed. Ladies, this is dead to life refreshing. That's refreshing, ladies. Because of Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection and our repenting and returning and receiving we can be in the presence of the Lord through Jesus Christ. No barrier remains. He has flung open the gates of heaven for us. The first is being in the presence of the Lord upon salvation, that we are able to do that. It is open wide. And then we are able to come over and over Friends, again and again, we can come to him anytime, day or night, in peace or turmoil, in times of joy or pain. We miss out on our refreshing by not coming into his presence. How else can we be awakened to all that he is? He is always with us. Let's come into his presence. Peter's repent came after recounting Jesus as the holy and righteous prince of life and all God had promised um, through the prophets and what he fulfilled. Ladies, these truths, we want these to fill us up so that we cannot but help but tell because they overflow out of us. And so ladies, I just want to ask you, are you awakened to the spirit? Does the gospel pierce your heart? And what is your response? May our response be to repent, to return, and to find our refreshment in the presence of the Lord. And as we do that, ladies, we move into the birth of the church. How exciting is this? The birth of the church. We see the way that the believers were drawing where they were together. They were drawing strength from each other. They were praying. They were reminding each other of who God is and what he had done 
and what Jesus had done. They were obviously involved in their community as they were finding favor with the people. And we see that, ladies, in chapter 2. We see it in chapter 3. We see it in chapter 4, how they were gathering together. And I love this, that Jesus told us in John 13, 34, and 35. He told his disciples, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And we saw that in our study this week, didn't we? We saw how the church was just so wrapped up in learning what the apostles were teaching, of reminding each other about how good God is. And they were obviously involved in their community as they were finding favor with the people. Ladies, we miss out on so much when we don't meet with the church, with God's people, eat together, talk about the Lord together, witness to each other, tell each other what we're learning and reminding each other of the truth that we have been taught. Ladies, hearing of how God is working and re being reminded of who he is, it girds up our hearts. It strengthens our mind and our souls so that we can be filled up to overflowing, out to others focused on what God is doing. Not what others are doing, but what God is doing through them, how the spirit is moving through the church. So I ask you, are we speaking words of truth over each other and telling each other about the wonders of God? Let's do it. And I just wanted to touch on, because we see the theme even throughout chapter four. The theme stays the same. Peter has healed someone a man, a lame man, and then he is arrested. He and John are arrested. And I just love this part of being filled up to overflowing, being convinced of, and knowing the exact truth of what we believe. Because here it is. Peter is coming before those who have arrested him. And he's standing before them. And these verses, I just love. Just listen to me as I read this here. So they were all placed them, they placed Peter and John in the center. And they began to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? Ladies, ladies. Here it is. We would call that like a, a, a softball. And what I want to call it is like it's a beach ball of a question. It, it's something that's just being lobbed out to Peter. In whose name are you doing this? And Peter, Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit, answers. One thing I want to take note from this, ladies. What a question. 
Let's keep our eyes and ears open for those questions. Let's pray for the Spirit to lead people to ask those questions. And then let's be ready. Let's keep our ears open so much that when the question comes, it seems like it's this big and we just can't miss it. And then let's pray. Spirit, fill me. Fill me. Let me speak of your power and the gospel to this person in front of me. I love what Peter said in Acts 4.12. He said at the conclusion of his talk, telling them, then he got to tell them about Jesus, about God's plan. He told them everything. And then he ended it like this. And he said, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven which has been given among men by which we must be saved. There it is. The gospel all wrapped up. The Spirit giving him an opportunity again to tell of Jesus. Oh, ladies, Let's pray. Let's pray. Call on the Spirit to give us utterance to a language that whoever is sitting across the table from us may understand. That's what they did, the Spirit did when the Spirit came, right? So that the people could hear of the good deeds of God in their own language. Now, we might all be speaking English to the people that are sitting across the table from us or who the Lord brings to our door because we are praying for opportunities. But let us call upon the Spirit to give us utterance to that person in a language that they could hear. And he will do it. Peter has lifted high the name of Jesus we see that consistency of the Spirit giving power to do just that. And believers being so filled up with the knowing the exact truth of what they have been taught that it flows out of them. And what does verse 13 say then? When the people had heard what Peter had said. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Did you hear it? It was the Spirit who gave them that confidence, ladies. Do you sometimes feel uneducated and untrained? I do. but God, but the Spirit of God. They were recognized as having been with Jesus. Ladies, we want to be the same. We want to be women who are recognized as having been with Jesus. We want to be women who have been refreshed in the presence of God by the Spirit, by His Word, by 
the community of telling of the glories of God and reminding us of who he is and what he has done in and through Jesus Christ by the power of the spirit. Ladies, we want to be women who are convinced that there is no salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Friends, as we read through the book of Acts, let's see the spirit of God. Let's see the spirit given. Let's see the power of the gospel. Let's see the birth of the church and see our great God in it all. Remind each other, friends, and you individually, let's be with Jesus so that he is recognized in our life through the Spirit, that he may receive glory and honor today and every day. Amen.